Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. What I tend to do now is if I go in and buy 10 items and I've forgotten to take a bag, I now wander out the shop <laughs> juggling, you know, with a with I don't know a pack of toothpaste down one into one pocket and a and a banana down the other pocket, you know, so I can carry everything to this the This is top, why cargo you know? pants should have never gone out of fashion. <laughs> Just need more pockets. She even put something on the stove so that the whole house smelled like vanilla. So she put some kind of concoction in there and made the whole stuff. There were multiple offers on the house that day. I think in large part, it was because of these very small, it was not a great house, if I can emphasize. It's effectively a signal, a oh, nudge. That, yeah. it's, that it's been tended to since the last guest. Correct, that they've, that they've done something. So Colin, I recently came across a very clever marketing example from a colleague of mine, Omar Rodriguez Villa, who teaches with me. And he started using this example in class and I thought it was, it was brilliant. So there's a hotel in uh, Los Angeles called the Magic Castle Hotel. It's current on TripAdvisor. It's currently um, in the top 10 of all hotels in Los Angeles. And there are hundreds and hundreds on the site. If I showed you pictures of this hotel, you would not be impressed. It looked to me like an old apartment complex that was converted into some hotels. So cinder block walls, kind of a central courtyard, and then just some surrounding bungalows. It's all painted yellow. Like it's, it's nothing special. But the, the consumer reviews of this hotel are just off the charts. People love it. And what is fascinating to me is that most of the positive comments are about service, um, so they have really good stuff there, but it is mostly kind of trivial things that people are raving about. So right. let me give you an example. Um, yeah. The thing that people talk about most often in the reviews that I've read is there's, so there's a pool in the central courtyard and it's a very family-friendly hotel. Um, a lot of people bring their kids there. And next to the pool on the wall, they have this red phone and above it is a sign that says Popsicle Hotline. And so if you're a kid swimming in the pool, you can get out of the pool and go over and pick up the red phone and it'll go to, I assume, the front desk or something. And you can order a popsicle and they'll send an employee out like white glove service on a silver tray and they'll have popsicles and they'll bring it over to the kid at the pool and all the kids can grab whatever popsicle they are. Now, uh, they have pictures of the employee doing this. These are not high-end popsicles. These are like the basic frozen treat that you get at the store. They probably cost, you know, 40 cents a piece or something. Sure. And it's, you know, a, a minute or two out of the employee's day each time the, the phone is rang. When the phone rings, is there a recorded message that says, your call's important to us, and do they keep them waiting for 40 minutes? <laughs> they make them go through an elaborate phone tree. This kid standing there freezing because he's just got out of the swimming pool. <laughs> and there's a queue of other people waiting to, to <laughs> use the hotline. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, that's that's exactly that. They're they're looking to replicate the experience of adulthood for these children. Like, this is what you got to look forward, kids. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, we want you to go through the frustration we have to go through all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the magic, kids. No, the phone goes directly to Batman, and then right. Batman takes care of it. Um, yeah. No, that's I mean, really good. How expensive is that? Like, how how expensive was that to set up? How difficult? How expensive is it to maintain? And yet, you could imagine where somebody could have gone. Well, what we need to do is we need to double the size of the pool, and we need to add a water slide, and we need to like do all this. Other. Instead, some brilliant person was like, "No, like let's let's give kids popsicles." by the pool. Today we're going to talk about the disproportionate effect that small things can have on a customer experience. And, And I personally think this is an area that's sort of underrated and all too often organizations immediately go to the big fixes of the things that are going wrong. And just building on that, I mean, I I genuinely believe that organizations spend too much time on fixing things that are going wrong rather than thinking of these little things that they could do that would make the experience really much better. There are a number of examples. Anything else they do in that hotel? They talk about the service personnel being very responsive to kind of individual needs and kind of what they overhear. So somebody pointed out that when they were at in California, they went to visit, you know, I don't know, Universal Studios or something. And one of the kids was into one of the video game characters and was in costume and things. And so the staff like hid little trinkets from that video game around the hotel that this kid could like, you know, go and find. And I mean, so yeah, they they were very responsive. I don't want to, to seem like they, they had this one little trick that they did. Like this was an ethos for them. This place gets higher ratings than the Four Seasons because they just. And don't I, like I think that's customers. that's the important thing, isn't it? I mean, it's the ethos, it's the thought process, it's the making sure you're getting the right people in the recruitment to think these things through. It's the management structures that enable these things to happen. It's the not measuring the hell out of everybody for every moment they're spending, you know, just, I don't know what the measure is of how many popsicles they deliver. You get the idea. All too often measures are put in place that force these little things out. Uh, A couple of examples that I had, which I think have been great. We were once doing a, what we call a customer mirror, which is effectively where we go and act as a, as a customer. And we were reviewing a number of uh, courier stores. So where people take parcels in to send them around. And one of the ones that we went into that really made a difference to us was that someone had put flowers, freshly cut flowers in the store. So as soon as you walked in, you smelt flowers. Again, it's that little thing. It's like when you go into, you know, when you go into the hotel and you, and the toilet paper has got the, you know, the folded V on it. You, on I, it I guess you know why they do that. Do you know why they do that? No, and I'm afraid now to ask why. Well, it's effectively a signal, a oh, nudge. Okay. That, yeah? it's, that it's been tended to since the last guest. Correct. That they've that they've done something. And it's those little sometimes it's those little nudges that you need. Uh, another example to, as I was thinking this stuff through was I've been on a number of cruises where they will create animal figures out of towels. Have you seen those? 
Yep. So you actually look forward to going back to your room and go, I wonder what they've done today. And again, it's not, it's not a huge thing, but I certainly remember being on a couple of cruises with the kids and every night we went back, it was, oh, I wonder what this is. And, you know, can we go to bed with that one tonight, daddy? And all the rest of it, you know. So little things that do have a have a big effect. Yeah, we had a fascinating conversation. Gosh, I don't know if it was a year, or a year and a half ago now on the podcast, where, where we interviewed somebody who's who designed Ascentscapes and Audioscapes. Companies would hire, and so like when you went into a retail store, you would smell a certain fragrance or perfume. Uh, those little things can matter a lot. Like when they when they do tip the scale. I remember when when I was a child, we sold our home. And my mom took this very seriously where, where before the first open house, she f- staged everything in the house and it was cleaner than it had ever been when we lived there f- with five kids. But she even put something on the stove so that the whole house smelled like vanilla. So she put some kind of concoction in there and made the whole stuff. There were multiple offers on the house that day. I think it, in large part, it was because of these very small, it was not a great house, if I can emphasize sure. But she she staged it in such a way that all of the little details were right and uh, made a big difference in the overall impression of the house. Sure. As I was thinking about this, there are nudges, aren't they? Which is, a nudges goes, for those of you that haven't read the book called Nudge by Richard Thaler, um, very good book, I would recommend that you read it. There are nudges which are effectively directional things, aren't they? Yeah. The chocolate on the pillow is another example, which talks a bit about care and uh, luxury and all those other things. One that Lorraine, my wife, has recently got into, because having done this podcast with you now for a number of years, I sort of psychoanalyze everything that Lorraine tells me now. (laughs) Don't tell her. Okay, don't tell her I told you this. <laughs> I'm glad this podcast is going to ultimately be responsible for your divorce, Colin. <laughs> sure but we were driving down Sarasota Main Street the other day. There was a restaurant that we'd been meaning to go to, right? And there were people sitting outside. And Lorraine looked over and she said, that's the restaurant I want to go to. She said, they've got uh, linen tablecloths. Oh, Interesting. And when I, I when, when I started to chat to her about it, I said, well, so what, what does that mean? Oh, well, linen tablecloths are much better than paper tablecloths. And when you think about it, a tablecloth does say something about the quality that you're going to, you know, you can either go in and it's going to be just a tabletop, yeah, or, you know, or a plastic tabletop or a paper tabletop or a linen tabletop or a tabletop with a linen and then the paper on top so they can roll it all up and you know but it's, or nothing yeah yeah, yeah or nothing yeah. yeah but it does start to say people think about these things and use them to make decisions about directions they go without them necessarily articulating it now in this case Lorena actually articulated it but it's clear she's thought that for a number of years it's the first time I've ever heard her say it though yeah, no, I, I I love that. I think it's it's a great example, and it could it could be like the the best or the fanciest food in the world, and yet if if you don't have those right signals, somebody might not even go into the restaurant to try it because they're turned off by the other things that you're communicating. 
um, including the tablecloths. Yes, it made me think about the branding. The interesting bit for me is we went to Disneyland Paris at Christmas, and I haven't been there to Disneyland for a number of years now, but it reinforced with me their attention to detail, which is quite incredible. And, and all of these little things, like when you go into Adventureland and you look at the floor and there are imprints of leaves and people's shoes and stuff like that. And, and one thing they, they really understand is that attention to detail, don't they? Absolutely. I'll, I'll weave this into kind of my first uh, bit of advice around this. If you want to have these small nudges, these these like opportunities to like small things that create a lot of value, you're not going to like trick people into this. So you you need to have everything like kind of right. You need to have like brought people at least to neutral before you can kind of nudge them in any particular way. If they had the popsicle hotline and yet the rooms were dirty at that hotel, nobody's going to care about the popsicle hotline. Sure, right? you, you need to you need to be right. So Disney creates a really entertaining experience, and then from that baseline, they then also look for every opportunity to delight on top of that. So if if you're looking for small things that'll make a big difference and you're not getting the basics right focus on the basics first like you need to you need to bring people at least to neutral before you can nudge them into positive territory sure sure no i i agree but let me give you another example though of of how small things can have a really big effect so in england i want to say 7 years ago something like that they wanted to reduce the uh, numbers, the consumption of plastic bags, okay? So you go to a grocery store, and this still happens here in the States. The amount of plastic bags you get is just bloody ridiculous, basically. At the same time, I don't know if you ever saw the David Attenborough series called The Blue Planet. Yep. Incredible photography. But the last episode was effectively the effect of plastic bags on the ocean. And the fact that they obviously don't biodegrade and blah, 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 blah. So long and short of it is the government, rightly so, introduced the policy of if you went into a shop, they would charge you five pence. So, I don't know, eight cents, yeah, for a plastic bag, okay, like a tax, yeah. The use of plastic bags reduced by 85%. Little, small change, massive impact. Ryan, we've reached a new milestone, mate. What is that? I now have 70,000 people signed up for my LinkedIn newsletter called Why Customers Buy. 70,000, that's very impressive, Colin. That just so happens to be slightly more than the capacity of the first energy stadium where the Cleveland Browns play in Cleveland, Ohio. I've got to tell you, mate, that doesn't surprise me. My milestone doesn't seem as good now you mention Cleveland Browns. (laughs) Uh, Hey, beating the Cleveland Browns is still an accomplishment. It still is. (laughs) It would be for my five-year-old, but not for most football teams. (laughs) Anyway. If you'd like to sign up for my newsletter, go onto LinkedIn and search for Why Customers Buy 
or just go to my profile, Colin Shaw, and sign up for a free LinkedIn newsletter. Let's talk about why you think that that worked, because I think that it's a fascinating example. And you could imagine economists saying that's not going to affect anybody. Like nobody's going to blink at eight cents difference in their grocery bill. Like that, that's not going to work. And yet it obviously did. Why? Yeah. So I, I think there's a combination of things that happened at that was happening at that point. So one was, even though it's five p, yeah, people are going bloody hell. I don't know, spend five p every time I come into this place. So that's one. Second thing was you could then get bags that were, they called them lifetime bags. So you could, they would sell you for 40p a lifetime bag. Okay. And if I go back to my youth, and potentially I'm now showing my age, but if I go back to my youth, I remember my mum going into a greengrocer's buying potatoes and saying, I'll have, you know, four pounds of potatoes them getting the potatoes and her opening a, her bag that she bought and they just stuck them all in there. And then she'd say, I'll have, you know, a pound of onions and they'd just stick them all in there. Didn't put them in bloody bags. You know, she just took her own bags. So the point I'm trying to make is there was acceptance of the way that could be done and they people had some bags or could buy them fairly inexpensively. And I guess the second thing, and and when you're talking about this type of thing and you're talking about change, was there was also an acceptance that it was wrong to be filling the ocean full of bloody plastic bags. And there was a effectively, if you want to get change, you one of the things you've got to do with change is you've got to get people to believe in the change that you're making. And I think it was as we always say, it's never one thing. It's the combination of all those factors coming together that really move the dial. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. So if, if we're looking to kind of map out when will these small things matter in a big way, I, I think that there are a couple of, of nice points to emphasize from from that story. One, in that case, we seem to have been dealing with an instance where people mostly wanted to do the right thing, but there was kind of this habit or inertia that was causing them to not. And so in those cases, like a small pause or reminder of some kind might actually matter, right? So we can imagine other scenarios like that where your customers generally kind of are leaning towards some behavior, but they're they're not doing it in that way already. So can we have a small nudge in that instance that might, you know, uh, just reminding people of that 5p charge each time uh, is going to be enough to get them to realize like, oh, wait, I don't actually want to behave this way. Let me try something else. I also think the, the, the idea that it was very salient, that like at the at your checkout, like it was staring you there in the face, you, you might have had to like make that deliberate choice on the system to like push the button and say, yes, I'm willing to pay the, the extra five cents making it very, very in your face like that is going to motivate people. The way that that we pay for gas in the United States, and I assume elsewhere in the world, where you're pumping it and you have to watch the money like drain out of your account, like right in front of you, as the that makes paying for gasoline or petrol, as you might call it in other parts of the world, it makes it a much more salient way of paying for things. Whereas if it was just like bundled into a monthly bill, 
it would feel very different for us. So the fact that they they made that five pence charge very salient, I think also made it have a, a disproportionate impact. So as you're thinking about this in your own business, think about that. Like, are, is there going to be a lot of resistance to this? If so, then a small nudge might not work. Or are people already kind of leaning in a direction and just need a little a little shove? Are you making the nudge such that that it's causing people to like realize that it's there and reevaluate what they're doing? So we'll, we'll keep a running list of this advice as we go through other examples. Yeah, and, and and let me let me build on that because I think there's a couple of other things that are interesting. One is, I think the price of buying a bag now is something like thirty p. But the interesting thing is, I don't know because I don't ever buy bags anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You changed your behavior. Yeah. So there's that definitely the change your behavioral thing. The interesting, other interesting bit is I, I was just thinking about this as you were talking. What I tend to do now is if I go in and buy 10 items and I've forgotten to take a bag, I now ch- wander out the shop <laughs> juggling, you know, with a, with, I don't know, a pack of toothpaste down one into one pocket and a, and a banana down the other pocket, you know, so I can carry everything to this the This is car, why cargo you know? pants should have never gone out of fashion. <laughs> Just need more pockets. Hill I will die on, yes. So do you want to tell your story about um, Beats, the brand? Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. So as we're thinking about little things that can make a big difference, you know, they can be policies like the bag charge. Uh, they can also be integral to the product design. So there was a scandal, it was a couple of years ago now at this point, where Beats is a headphones brand that was very popular. Uh, and somebody took them apart and discovered that there were inside of Beats headphones just inert pieces of metal. So inside there were the electronics components and there was the foam to make it comfortable in your ear. And and then there were also just like pieces of metal that were like welded onto the rest of the frame. And uh, it was pretty obvious that they were there just to increase the weight of the headphones. If you lift something up and it's it's light, then there's this signal that it's like lower quality and cheap plastic. Whereas if you lift it up and it has some heft to it, that sends this real subtle signal that, oh, this must be valuable. Um, there's a similar thing going on with some credit cards where I don't know if you have any credit cards that are like thicker and some are even metal now, where some credit cards are, are heftier. Part of that is just psychological signaling like, oh, this is a high quality card. Like this is nice. Yes. The interesting part of, of that is you knew I was going to talk about Apple at some point. During this I had show. a suspicion, Colin. Um, but guess what? I've got an Apple credit card. You, you wouldn't believe that, would you? I am actually surprised. I, I'm surprised you don't have an, an Apple chip embedded in your wrist that you just wave <laughs> over things at this point. I sent off, or not sent off, I asked for a physical card, okay, as well. I don't know why I did that, to be totally honest with you, but I have. And it's metal, okay? And it's a pain in the neck yep, because it's metal. And when you're putting it in your wallet, it doesn't bend. The irony is now is I don't carry it around. Now, the reality is I don't need to carry it around because it's obviously on my on the phone or the watch anyway. But the interesting part of that story for me is that there must be a weight that Beats decided upon because there must also be a weight that was too much yeah, and a weight that was not enough. Yeah. And again, is how do you find that out? Well, I guess you've got to test it with people, haven't you, to find out where their levels of perception are. 
And this goes back to, and you know that we do this research we call an emotional signature, which is identifies those hidden things that people are making judgments on. So what we've said before on this podcast, what customers tell you and what they do or what they buy can be very different. And therefore, that emotional signature gets used for identifying what some of these small things uh, small things are. And going back to the top of the show with your example of the popsicle line, effectively what drives value, yeah? Although totally agree that the hotel needs to be clean and all the basics need to be done, but are there other things that you could do that would drive value as well? I went to the dentist recently and as they're poking around in my mouth, I'm looking at the bloody ceiling. Yeah. And there's nothing on the ceiling. There is nothing for me to concentrate on. Okay. There was a radio playing in the background. Clearly, the whatever the, I guess, the dentist would want him to listen to. But it made me think, as they're poking around, they're not thinking of me. What I would have wanted at that point is, because I don't, like everybody else, don't like going to the dentist. I wanted something to distract me. So there wasn't anything I could look at. And actually, the, the radio station it was on was annoying. And it made me think, when I get into a Uber, I can ask the person what music to play. He didn't ask me what music I wanted playing or what I wanted to do. So it made me, again, think the opportunity to even just put some I don't know, where's Wally? Picture on the on the ceiling so you at least you could look at something. I mean, and, and again, it's not going to cost huge amounts of money, but it, it's just that type of thinking, isn't it? It's a great example. I remember the first time I went to a dentist that had a TV kind of on the ceiling that you could look at, and they showed me where I could change the channels. And it was like kind of speakers were right by my ears so that I could listen to it as they were doing their business. And it was great. And it was it was such a delight. It was so unusual at that time. It's become more common now. Similar to your experience, when I was in my early 20s, I, I had to get a root canal. The office was super cold for some reason. And they were playing country music loudly over the, the speaker. And I had this, this moment of pause where I'm like, am I actually in hell? Like, have I died? And this is my... <laughs> because it's hard to imagine like a, a worse confluence of kind of factors... But yeah, like these things, it was such, it was so unusual at the time that a dentist was that was thinking about like my kind of comfort and preferences. Sure. And that's another kind of category of these nudges, these things that'll make a big difference is when you are surprising your customers, when you're giving them something that, that none of their competitors are giving them or that they were not expecting that you're, you're doing it in a way that they weren't expecting. Uh, there was a study done where they they trained wait staff to do one of several things when they were give, dropping off the check at the table. So some people did it normal way, just with a smile and thanks for coming. Other people gave them the check and then also a few of those mints, you know, after dinner mints yeah. along with the check. That group got higher tips, including, and again, these mints are like, you know, a half a cent each, but it was a kind of a signal that like, um, here's something special. The group that got the highest tips, though, like brought it over the check, placed a few mints on the the table, 
and then turned and walked away, took two steps, and then said, you know what? And came back and dropped some additional mints on the the table oh, as in like kind of a, just for you yeah. guys. I'm going to yeah. like, this is what I'm supposed yeah. to do. But yeah. that yeah. group got the most tips out of anybody. Yeah. yeah and I'm it was, no, again, it's a subtle signal. Like you're supposed to be getting this, but I'm going to yeah. give you even more. more. You're going to yeah. be delighted. No, that's a good, good one. What practical advice? What let's, let's go back to, you know, practicalities what practical advice would you give to your point earlier about firms like often trying to fix problems you should fix problems but don't stop at neutral nobody remembers a neutral experience so if you bring them back to meh that's not good you need to get all the basics right like you need to check all those boxes but then if you then you're in a position to do these small things that delight people so get get the basics right figure out which way the wind is blowing like if your customers are dead set against something, you're not going to nudge them into that, right? But if they're already kind of leaning in a direction, then that might be an opportunity to nudge them. Look for those opportunities to surprise them, give them something they were not expecting, something they can't get anywhere else. Focus on, like you were saying, the real sources of value. That magic castle realizes that if you impress the adults, like that's nice. But if adults are on vacation with their kids, and you can give the kids a kind of magical experience, the adults are going to appreciate that way more. All of the reviews that I read for this Magic Castle Hotel talked about the experience that their kids were having. Because that was the source of value for that segment of the market. I think Disney is similar. If you can make my kids happy, like, oh, that's the best thing you can imagine. There are obviously other segments for which you would want to to have a, a different source of value, but figure out what that is. And then what are the small, cheap, easy, repeatable ways that you can nudge people towards a really great experience? Yeah, no, I think that, that's, a, that's a good list. I, a couple of things I, I would add or reinforce is don't always just focus on the negative, fixing the negatives and the big things. Think about what are some of the small things that you could do. My story about the dentist, I don't know how many of the dentists there are, but I mean, it's not rocket science, is it? That somebody's looking up, so you got to put something up on, on the on the ceiling. So that, for me, says talk to your customers. Okay, think of what these small things are, or maybe sell ad space up there. Like you got somebody like just staring at the ceiling for twenty minutes. Like put in put in an advertisement for like a Ford Mustang or something. Like earn some extra money if you're the dentist. Right? Yeah, anything, anything. But just well, and the other thing is. Just put yourself in the customer's shoes because when I was actually looking up, I could, I was looking up going, oh, look, there's a cobweb over there. Because <laughs> I'm now, the only thing I'm looking at is, is up, you know. Uh, but I guess the reality is, is the dentist doesn't often lay in the chair with their head back with somebody stuck their fingers down their neck. But um, anyway, there you go. We hope that's been of use. Uh, if you've got any further suggestions of what it is you would like us to cover, then please obviously don't hesitate to contact us. Drop us a line at contact at beyondphilosophy.com. Uh, that's contact at beyondphilosophy.com. Okay, thanks very much, everybody, and look forward to talking to you next week. Cheers. Thanks very much for listening to the show today. We really hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, it would be really great if you could leave us a review. 
This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer. Intuitive Customer.